Blaney, Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday to you. Titans got to scrimmage last night. They didn't let those guys that normally they go and they go all around the stadium and they and they'll they'll do their practice. Then they go all the way around. And they'll take pictures and sign stuff with everybody. Last night they just they just signed footballs and threw them up in the crowd and um and they did a couple of fun promotions and like Tannehill threw a pass to a guy in the stands and he got five hundred dollars and he got to keep the football and uh, John Robinson spoke and Mike Vrabel spoke. It was a neat thing. About seven thousand people there. The weather turned out great, but really the biggest event was. Uh, you know, the players on the field weren't necessarily signing anything, but there were alums up on the concourse signing stuff. Veterans. Yeah, like myself. Like yeah. Blaine Bishop. Yeah, thanks for everybody to come around, you know, hang out with us, us old fogey stogies guys. You know, we were all bringing our canes. And, <laughs> you know, not just kidding. So, so my that, wife. That, it was great. It was awesome. I got, oh, yeah, I got this. Uh, yeah, you're, you're fam. My wife sent me a picture, and it was my son sitting with Blaine at the stadium. She said he cut the line and spent a really long time with Blaine. Oh, no, it was cool. You know, he could do whatever he wanted to do. Was, people were talking anyway. Okay. Well, they were talking to Neil Donald. You know. It was a good crew that you guys yeah. had. Yeah, Zach Peeler. Yep. B-Hop, Brad Hopkins, and my man Gerald McGrath. Well, that's a that's a good crew. Um, weather turned out fine. It almost rained a couple of times, but it didn't rain. And um, in the past, they've gone over there and they've done the situational practice where they just, like, run out of the tunnel or show them how to walk out on the field for they don't do like seven on seven nothing you know where anybody has a chance of getting hurt besides a, a muscle but last <laughs> night strange. they they did some stuff so if you went they did some seven on seven they did 11 on 11 they kicked a bunch of field goals it's just down to one guy i mean the other guy tucker mccann wasn't out there rabel didn't really offer a, any kind of he got asked about him after practice and didn't offer really anything we don't know he'll be well when he's well it's essentially what he said but um, Sam Ficken kicked a bunch of balls. and Anybody stand out or, or, or stand out in good way or bad way? You can go either way. You can, you, let's start with the bad. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's just 106. <laughs> well, I, I mostly wrote down good. Um, I mostly wrote, wrote down good stuff. Now, I will say this, Tannehill had another interception. Laurel Murchison tipped two of his passes. One went to Bayard, and the other one hit the ground. So, Jim Wyatt, I wrote this. Jim Wyatt says the Titans have picked off 17 passes in camp. Not all by Tannehill, by not, the way. Not all by Tannehill, but, by everybody. Yeah. 17. Well, he he should have added, I think, his own pace for a record for trading camp. I'm sure nobody's kept tabs on what the, that is. What the record is for training yeah. camp? But, 17. But that that seems like a lot. 17. And, and they showed up in the in the preseason game. The defense was getting after it. And you can say what you want to say, you know, but it, twos versus twos, we still dominated them. Right. Yeah. End of the day. So, um, tip passes. I, I don't remember. I think it was only one game I can recall. But Tannehill had multiple tip passes. And he's quarterback sized. He's like oh, Matt he's Barkley's not the he's like six two ish. He's not the big so is Logan Woodside. Tannehill's taller than those guys. Yeah. And got that high, you know, like but there's a reason why he was tenth pick now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This guy's got he's the got all the tools. Yeah. Yep. He's got everything. So that's you know, it's good for um, you know, the D line, you know, with those guys getting tips. It shows when you get a quick pass, they're aware, they're getting their hands up, uh, which is awesome defensively. It's going to make, uh, you know, the defense is looking better, but I think that's going to make the offense even better than it was. 
Yeah, it has to because they're getting pushed around. They're getting bullied some. Now, now to say that, um, Cam, Betts, Cam Batson caught several balls. He was playing with the twos. Josh Reynolds dropped one to hit him right between the one and the eight early, but he rallied and caught like a 50-yard pass later and laid out for it and caught it. Oh. So oh, that's, so that's what you want to see. Everybody makes mistakes. Okay, yeah. he bounced back from his he mistake. He responded. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Um, Ferkser huh. caught a bunch. He's still the he's still the safety uh, what does blanket, Dyson yeah. say? Safety blanket. He's uh, he's the security guy. And, and he's, he's a slot guy. He's a slot guy. Yeah. And he worked the slot all day and looked just like himself. Chester Rogers caught like a 40-yard pass and caught another one. Um, Bayard was the one who picked Tannehill after Merch on the tip tipped ball. the ball. So okay. he's right back to where he – How did the corners look? Uh, did we get, did uh, Caleb Farley do anything? He or? worked with the twos. Okay, the twos were Caleb Farley, and I, gosh, I don't know how much this. The I mean, well, the, the borders. Whole, the whole stadium was full. The twos were Caleb Farley and Borders, and the two uh, slot guy was Body Calhoun. Body Calhoun. Brian Body Cal. Or it looks where, where like was, where was Jackson? He was working with the ones. Oh, so Chris Jackson has been. He was the one, Nickel. Oh, oh because uh, Molden didn't practice? Yeah, he was out there with a the helmet and shorts on, but he just kind of stood in the back and watched. Oh. So Body Calhoun worked with the twos. They call him Body. When they were, Body he, it's B-O-D-D-Y. He's got one of those hyphenated last names, but in practice, like, Body! And it's funny to hear someone yell the word Body at a practice, but they yell Body at Body. But anyway, he worked with the twos. Um, a guy who... Chris Jones, who's like a three cornerback, where's 23. He's had a couple of nice moments. He had a nice PBU. Uh, Breon Borders had a real nice PBU on a play. Um, the long pass, if I'm not mistaken, to Josh Reynolds was on uh, Christian Fulton. But Fulton had a great play against the run, and there was another play where Rashawn Evans had a fantastic play. And there, again, it's just like hard uh, touch. Oh, thud. you're talking about the mm-hmm. But – he literally, as soon as the running back got the ball, Derrick Henry got just a little bit of work, but not much. It was mostly the twos and threes at running back. He was right in the backfield, which is what you want to see from Rashawn Evans. But he, had, he probably had the best defensive play that I saw. Got in the backfield, got a tackle for loss. Um, and Fulton had a stop right after him. Ficken went eight of nine on field goals in the game. Um, it was interesting. After practice, the thing that a lot of people were talking about was we just hadn't heard much from Josh Reynolds. He said he was having Achilles issues, and he's just now starting to feel like himself. And I think it was Joe Rexroad who asked him on the way out of the room, how's your shoulder? Did you have a shoulder problem? He said, yeah, I had shoulder surgery. So that that dude's coming back from a lot. But he caught a long ball that he laid out for. Now, one guy, and I didn't see this because there were different places where people were doing different stuff. Um, I saw A to Z Sports. I think Terry McCormick had video, too, of another drop on air by Des Fitzpatrick. They had three in a row in practice on Sunday. It's like they ran a drill. He dropped it. So they on air on air. So then they come back from the other way. Like they all line up again. They come back. He dropped another one on air. So they're like, Des, get another rep. He dropped that one too. So then yesterday on air, he dropped another ball. And I saw there's video of that. I, I saw that. I didn't see it at the time, but I heard somebody mention it and I went and found the video. So I got to thinking because I said, I'm going to tell you something. We start the show. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Well, I told you he, they, it's in his head now. It's in his head. Yeah, no doubt. He's feeling the heat after after Coach Vrabel said he needs to do much better in practice. Next day, dropsies. 
Uh-oh. Looking like trouble. Okay, you know what round he was picked in, right? Fourth? Yeah. So fourth round, that's like, okay, man. It's, it's all, uh, they moved up to get him, by you, the way. Do you know how much they moved up? Do you remember? No, I remember I thought that was my only deal about okay. the draft, knowing not a lot about Fitzpatrick, just watching him at Louisville. But uh, it seems like they were desperate when they moved up. I don't know how much did they move up. What did they give up? Can't recall. They gave up a fourth. Pick 126. They gave up a fifth. Pick 166. They gave up a seventh. Pick 232. They gave up three picks. Uh-oh. Somebody in trouble. Lucas! This is a fourth-round pick who is struggling. <laughs> who, who you spent three more picks to get. Yeah, and ever I thought it was a desperate move because they hadn't they should have taken a receiver with a third round pick. You had to assume that a run was about to happen, especially in that third. Everybody wanted to have a jump start on the third, fourth round. Uh so yeah. So now he has to live it up, you know, live up to the billing. And uh, you know, a lot of people were saying he's gonna have to fight and claw to make the roster. Uh which uh I'm all cool with uh, if he's not performing, but man. Somebody, you know, you could point to Fitzpatrick, but you also have to point, well, why did we go get him? Then I'm hearing a lot of people saying that he was graded out as a sixth, seventh round guy. I don't know if that's true or not. I I don't know the grades of the players when they came out. Uh, you know, everybody's happy to get drafted, and if he went fourth round, so be it. He has a lot of upside. Uh, it's just interesting that he's kind of stalemated in at practice, meaning he hasn't gotten better uh, during training camp compared to OTAs and everything else. So that's uh, it's a little worrisome. But guess what? They can buy some time for a year because they got some veteran guys, Rodgers, as well as uh, Marcus Johnson, who's doing really well in, in camp too. Is, so, yeah. But, man, that that's, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow if you have to release him and bring him back on practice squad. You know, somebody may else, uh, you know, somebody else may pick him up, but, man, that's a huge investment. And if that happens... That'd be two years in a row botched draft picks. And you know you build your team around your draft. The NFL.com grade on him, because I, I called that up, they gave him a five and a half, which by their metrics, chance to make the end of a roster or practice squad. Yeah, remember I told you I was a 5.9. Well, they were wrong about you. Right, well, but I still went. That, but see, that's I'm correlating. That's yeah, where you got. Five, you, you, I went in the at the end of the draft. Right. And he was a 5.5. Five, and went in the middle of the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody reached, and then they gave up capital. A fourth, a fifth, a seventh. Well, I wish somebody would have did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your GM, Mike Holovac? No. Yeah, yeah, what was yeah. it? Yes. That was his last year, and then it was Floyd Reese. Okay. Floyd Reese was his assistant. Okay. There. But Holovac was was the guy. Well, he was, he was mining that gold there in the – Last round. Oh, man, I love some Mike Oliveck. No doubt. Well, uh, we'll talk about that more today. Absolutely. Rest in peace. Uh, John Glennon set to join us next. Hey, Glennon's making some star turns on the station today. We're going to just keep the conversation going with uh, Mr. Broadway Sports himself. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to talk to JG about this. He's he's (laughs) doubling down. He's triple booking. John Glennon up next to talk Titans on Blaine and Mickey.
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, boy, Blaine is in here dancing in the break because safeties are getting paid. Yeah, but it's, it's about time, man. Jamal Adams, four years, 70 mil. Ooh, I 38 you. guaranteed. I go oh. down nice in the bank account. Man, you talking about someone uh, who I've got a chance to meet and uh, he, he really uh, models his game somewhat after mine. But, uh, man, this guy is a, is a bull. I mean, in the run game, and people want to just say he's a box safety. Well, guess what? That box safety just got four years, 70 million. So I think he impacts the game a little bit more than just a box safety. Now, does he impact it a lot more in the box? Absolutely, with his blitzing and everything else. But he can play deep, too, and he gets after. So, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of his. No doubt. So happy for all the safeties to finally get paid because I've been saying that the safety position has been undervalued, and now you have to have a lot of versatility to your game, and you're impacting the game in not only the run game but also the pass game, and you have to be able to cover. Uh, so now, you know, that's why you see – the safety's becoming the 5, 10, 11 guy, and the corner's becoming the 6, 2 guy. Mm-hmm. And I've said this for the last three years, and that uh, the value of safety should continue to go up because they're impacting the game, not only in the run game, but also in the passing game. And it's now a passing league, so you want versatility in your safeties. Good stuff. And and the Seahawks, by the way, had to live up to they traded for him. So, yeah, they did. So, so did we go gave up capital and then we don't <laughs> keep him? Nah, I don't think that would fly with the organization. They started like, well, why did we trade for him? No, they followed it up with the checkbook, that's for sure. We always follow the checkbook with uh, John Glennon with heavy amounts of checks for him joining us here on the station. Yeah, man. Uh, you, you coming for my job, man? What are you doing, man? You, you're all over the place today. Well, I, I figured, you know, I, I figured your uh, your salary was very reminiscent of what uh, what Adams just got, if I recall correctly. So, you know, you can, you can probably still afford to, to throw a few dollars my way, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, we're here says a seven, mine said a one. So, I don't think that was close. It might have equaled his signing bonus. I mean, a seven to one. It's not that much. I mean, it, you it's know, who's, close. Who's I think they made a mistake. It was supposed to be a seven, like seventy instead of ten. It's an easy mix-up when you're writing a check. Hundred percent. A seven to one could look real similar on a check, especially with my handwriting. Good so, Lord. John, let's let's dive into this. So, we go to practice, and you go to practice every day, and you see the Titans' defense. And I'm sure at the end of the day, you make notes in your notebook, and then you put them out. John Glennon with Broadway Sports, and you're writing about it. Well, then they go down to to Atlanta, and it's a lot of twos on defense, and they're playing their twos, and the Titans twos just mauled those guys like hungry bears, and then they just they go to practice last night. Byer gets another interception, and Rashawn Evans makes a play, and uh, this defense is really putting on a show in, in camp, and I think we keep waiting. Okay, well, the offense is going to catch up. The offense had a couple of moments last night at the stadium, but the defense has been the story of everything so far. I would say so, and, and I, I agree with you that it's kind of a surprisingly so. You know, I, I think the uh, the scouting report for training camp probably was, you know, let's watch this offense, you know, really hum, really really crank things up, you know, with all the weapons they have, and, and gee, can this defense hold on, you know, after we what we saw last year. But really has not been the case. I, I think the defense on most days has had the better uh, of the practices out at training camps. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, we can only draw so much from that Atlanta game. As you, as you said, it was, you know, it was most of the time seconds versus seconds or thirds versus thirds. But 
in general, that was kind of a continuation, at least, of what we had been seeing uh, during training camp practices, you know, a, a more aggressive mindset, you know, getting after the pass, uh, passer a little bit more, you know, a little tighter coverage when it came to, to third down situations, uh, you know, improved work in, in third down situations. So, yeah, you can only take so much. You know, we still haven't seen first versus first, and you don't really see that much at all during the during the preseason. But encouraging uh, encouraging signs nonetheless from a defense that needed a lot of uh, a lot of improvement from last year. John Glennon, our guest from Broadway Sports at Glennon Sports on Twitter. <laughs> well, uh, JG, I guess let's start with the preseason game against Atlanta. Who stood out on offense and defense, and who should be worried about? Cut day is the day, the first cut at three central time. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, this is not a surprise standout, but boy, the, the more you look at, at what Rashad Weaver did in that game, uh, you know, the more impressed you were. Um, you know, uh, he's kind of up and down a little bit in, in training camp, but boy, he was everywhere, uh, you know, during his snaps on the field, racked up, a, you know, a number of good numbers. And, and then even when he wasn't in specifically on a sack, or a tackle, he was disrupting things. You know, he was uh, forcing quarterbacks to move or, or running backs to, to change their lanes so they would get hit behind the line. Uh, I was I was very impressed in what he brought to the table. And, you know, uh, maybe a, another offensive or maybe another rookie um, that I was more impressed with than I thought I would be was Dylan Radens yeah. on the offensive line. You know, he it certainly had his share of struggles in the in the early going. But, you know, in retrospect, this is a guy coming from an FCS school, a guy who played only one game in his in his regular season last year. That was it because of COVID. So, you know, I, I think some bumps were expected for Dylan Radens, but for the most part, uh, you know, I thought he held out pretty well in that Atlanta game. And this is a guy, too, that's been moving all around that offensive line. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think he's uh, he's making some strides in the right direction and maybe just to to kind of stick with the rookie theme, but sort of on the other side of things, boy, uh, Des Fitzpatrick having a, a rough run of things here in training camp and, and in that game, you know, certainly was very quiet, no targets, didn't get into the game, I don't think, until the uh, till the second half, I, I'm pretty certain. Um, and, you know, he's in a tough situation. This is not a good year for kind of a project wide receiver for the Titans because of the depth that position. Now, you're probably going to get the benefit of the doubt because you're a draft pick, a fourth-round draft pick that the team traded up for. But even so, boy, it's, uh, it's, it's not a lock that he's going to make this 53-man roster, I don't think. What is he, you know, in, in Fitzpatrick, what, what is he not doing? What, what, what are the coaches saying as far as why he's not, I guess, getting the development as everybody else? Is he just not working hard? He's yeah, you know, I, offense? What, what I think is it? Yeah, just you know, I mean, you're not seeing, you're not seeing a, a you know a ton of of separation out there. Uh, you're not seeing consistency from him. You know, it, sometimes it doesn't seem he's you know completely as locked in as he needs to be. And maybe some of that is just being a rookie. Uh, you know, there there was a uh, play maybe a week or so again in in training camp. Uh, he's kind of going for a, for a deep slant, and he runs a pretty good route but very slow getting the head around, you know, looking for the ball. And really, by the time he's fully ready, the ball is on him and past him. Uh, and, and there's no pass reception there. So, um, you know, and, and then, 
Mike Vrabel maybe gave a little jab at him during, uh, you know, one of one of the, mm-hmm. the press sessions when he said Des Fitzpatrick needed a lot to show a lot more in order to get more, you know, reps and, and uh, you know, targets and so forth. And the next day he goes out and, and has another bad day. He has two drops in a row uh, right in front of the general manager uh, as he's watching practice. And then another pass that, that maybe is catchable. You know, he can't come down with that either. Um, so it's uh, it's slow going for, for Des Fitzpatrick. As I say, you know, generally a draft pick is going to get the benefit of the doubt, but this is, uh, you know, this is kind of a rare Titans year with the depth they had at wide receiver. So, Des, it's time to, uh, time to pick it up. Yeah, and they gave up a lot of capital uh, to move up in the draft to, to get them. So uh, that'll be interesting to see, to follow, and see how that all plays out. Well, let's move forward to the scrimmage yesterday. We went with uh, John Glennon with Glennon Sports and Broadway Sports. And uh, what did you see yesterday that kind of, uh, you know, caught your eye on, on the offensive defense, as well as special team? Let's not forget about the kicking game. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, you know, on, on defense, uh, again, we saw some of those uh, – uh, you know, front seven guys getting some pressure on the quarterback, getting their hands up. Uh, you know, I, I think we had it down that Laurel Murchison got a couple of deflected passes, one that uh, led to a Kevin Byard pick. It, it might have been Simmons on one of those deflections, I'm not certain. But regardless, they're getting their hands up. They're getting in the way. You know, these are the things we weren't seeing very much last year for the Titans. Uh, and as I mentioned, Kevin Byard, another uh, interception there, which was uh, which was impressive. On the other hand, I think Ryan Tannehill bounced back pretty well after that interception. Had a couple of really nice long completions, which we haven't seen a lot of uh, in camp. You know, one was to Josh Reynolds, which is also good because we haven't necessarily seen of Josh Reynolds going kind of full bore. But on that particular play, he was behind Christian Fulton, you know, by a step or so and, and hauled in a very nice reception. And then another uh, long throw by, by Ryan Tannehill to, uh, to Chester Rogers, who kind of snuck behind Kevin Byard and, and got over to the sideline. You know, and, and you look at Chester Rogers and say there's another guy uh, in this wide receiver competition that's having a very good camp. And, um, boy, I, you know, Blaine, you've obviously watched the Titans uh, over the years as much as anyone, and I can er- cannot ever remember kind of the depth and the competition at the wide receiver spot that we're seeing right now. No doubt about it. We're on with John Glennon with Glennon Sports and Broadway Sports. So, JG, the Titans obviously having to make some roster moves. Like everybody today, you got to clear out five guys off the roster. I noticed Trayvon Coley would, was going to IR. Um, I hated to see that. I hate to see it for anybody, but that dude went down to Atlanta and, and left there a guy that everyone was talking about, and, and now obviously his journey is going to be delayed some because of that. But uh, he really played great in that game. Yeah, I agree, and and that was again that was another thing that was kind of a continuation of what we've been seeing in, in training camp. Guy who didn't come in, you know, with a lot of um, you know flash to his name, but I thought in in terms of again being a disruptor, uh, you know, getting in in running lanes and and you know occasionally getting after the quarterback as well. I thought he he really made a mark for himself, and I, I you know would have had him probably down as probably the fifth defensive lineman uh, to to make the fifty three if he had not been hurt. Uh, so that's a, that's a blow, uh, you know, for depth, um, you know, and then speaking of injury, you know, I think we've got to start looking at, at safety uh, also for the Titans yeah, is yeah. kind of becoming a trouble spot. Um, you know, three guys didn't practice last night and, and Matthias Farley, um, you know, Brady Breeze and uh, 
All of a sudden, the other name is, is eluding me. Yes, I'm sorry, Dane Crookshank. Um, you know, so those three guys were out. Then you had Tedrick Thompson recently signed. He gets hurt last night. Uh, so they have two new guys yesterday who they uh, they signed, uh, new to the Titans, not new to the league, mm-hmm. um, and uh, in Clayton Gathers and uh, Bradley McDougal. Um, but it's it's kind of getting interesting. You wonder, you know, are these guys only being brought on because of the injuries to the current guys, or are they not satisfied with the mm. the depth behind Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker? So that's going to be a uh, interesting situation to play out here as the, as the roster comes together. Yeah, real quick on that though, with Brady Breeze's injury, maybe he's out maybe for a long extended time, so that could you know, affect him. And Crookshank has been injured from the day that he got drafted. Feel like he's yeah. never stayed yeah. healthy for any amount of time so that is a is a red herring red flag uh for a lot of gyms and it might be like hey time's up you know and then with hookers kind of passed them up so it tells you a little bit about to yep. me how gyms and administrations kind of think about all right how we move forward and there's so many viable veteran players out there because of those middle of the road players have gotten squeezed out the way the system is set up and they're out there and they're they're taking it if they shine uh, they will snatch a roster spot yeah and and as i say some of these guys that the titans are bringing in now at safety these aren't guys that are you know played a game or two in the league and you're Mm -hmm. giving guys a chance these are two uh you know really three in the last uh few days very established veterans uh guys who've had a number of starts in the league so certainly some some stiff competition and and we know the titans like Crookshank's athletic ability. We know he can be a real standout on special teams when he's healthy. But yeah, as you say, it's just in and out of the lineup uh, uh, regularly. And, and at some point, you know, when um, when you're a reserve and, and when your main contribution is special teams, you know, if, if you can't stay healthy, you're, you're probably not going to stick around too long. And, and I wonder if Dane Crookshank is kind of in that, in that uh, situation right now. John Glennon sticking around with us here on Blaine and Mickey. Um, what do you think happens with Christian Fulton when Caleb Farley finally gets, what did Mike Vrabel say, he, he's not ready? When he finally gets ready, what are you going to do with Christian Fulton then? Very interesting question uh, um, because mm-hmm. I think you're left with a little bit of a dilemma there. Uh, first of all, you know, we, we don't know. I think it'll be a little bit of time before Caleb Farley is ready to step into the starting lineup. You know, he's, he's certainly improving regularly physically, but he's another guy. You know, we talked about uh, Dylan Radens not playing much last year. Caleb Farley opted out last year uh, of college due to COVID, so he hadn't played that year. You know, he didn't have an off season here uh, because of the, uh, you know, his back surgery. So there, there's a, you know, a learning curve in addition to the to the physical rehab that that Caleb Farley is going through with. But yeah, okay, we'll say whatever week it is during the regular season, Caleb Farley's ready to go. Well, do you want to get your three best corners on the field? If that's the case, you know, Farley and Jack Rabbit Jenkins are on the outside. And then do you push Christian Fulton back into the slot? You know, that's not his natural position. He he certainly started learning it and playing it last year, but that was not his background, uh, you know. So do you want to stick to that plan and, and use him in the slot? Or you've got a couple of guys who really have some some background, you know, certainly in their college game, um, Elijah Molden and Chris Jackson play in the slot. Um, but at that point, then all of a sudden Christian Fulton becomes a fourth cornerback. And this is a second-round pick who you expect a lot from. So it's a little bit of a, uh, a dilemma 
to to have right there. Um, and you know, maybe this is a uh, a situation where, in the long run, you know, we, the Titans don't know how long they'll have Jack Rabbit Jenkins. So certainly, at some point, you're going to have Fulton and Farley probably on the on the outside. Uh, you know, as as you're starting two corners. But in the short term, yeah, it's 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 a little bit of a, um, uh, a dilemma, as I say. Do you want to force Fulton into that slot position because you want the three most talented cornerbacks on the on the field, or do you take a ready-made slot guy, uh, you know, and and team him with your two best corners? Interesting uh, situation for the Titans. Yeah, for sure, John Glendon, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, JG, uh, I was wondering if I, I watched the Colts as well as the Jaguars, and I. I I came away from uh, those games uh, feeling like not so good. Uh, the coach quarterbacks look solid. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's a work in progress. Uh, you know, he just holding on to the ball too long. But uh, uh, I was still impressed with both teams, pleasantly surprised. Uh, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts if you watched it? Yeah, I, I saw, you know, clips. I saw, um, you know, highlights from time to time. Um yeah, you know, I, I think Eason is is going to be is solid, but I don't I don't necessarily think he's going to be anything special. Um, going to be hard for me to see him, uh, um, you know, develop that quickly. But you know, from the sound of things, it doesn't sound like Carson Wentz is going to be out for for that long either. So that the Colts maybe they end up being in, in pretty good shape there. I just think. You know, if you if you look at all these rosters and and in particular the the quarterback situation, I, I think this is the Titans' division to lose. Um, you know, I think they're certainly set up to uh, to defend their their title from last year. You know, one thing that's a little concerning to me is as far as the uh, the the Titans go. You know, we talked about this earlier. We expected coming into training camp, this Titans' offense was going to be you know, humming on all cylinders, all kinds of options going for them. And it may indeed be, it may indeed look that way uh, at some point here in training camp and going into the regular season, but it does not look like that right now. You know, Julio Jones hasn't practiced in two weeks. Josh Reynolds isn't, isn't 100%. And, and, you know, offensive line guys, uh, key offensive line guys, starters, have been kind of in and out of the lineup too. Ben Jones and, and Nate Davis and Kendall Lamb. So you know, I, I think there are some questions that are that are going to be asked about the offense here if uh, if they don't start getting a, a little bit more healthy um, going towards the opener. And and you know, Julio Jones, you say, okay, yeah, this is a ten year vet, a seven time Pro Bowler. What is he going to get out of training camp? But let's remember. This is a new team for the first time in 11 years, a new quarterback for the first time, a new offensive system, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you do need him out there, I think, for some training camps. You do need to get some chemistry and, and, uh, you know, some timing down with Ryan Tannehill. So let's let's keep an eye on how that comes. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're with John Glennon with Glennon Sports and Broadway Sports. I guess lastly for me, what are your expectations going into this Tampa Bay preseason game, not necessarily the scrimmages, Sure, everybody's going to be scrimmaging, but do you think uh, the starters will be playing a lot in this game, or will they play at all and they'll just wait to the third preseason game? If I had to guess, I still think they go the third week because, you know, we've got that two-week break, break in, between. Uh, in between the mm-hmm. final preseason game and the first regular season game. So, you know, you've got some time to heal up and to rest, and, and you know, I would think you'd probably want to try and – 
do most of your uh, you know first team players in that in that final game. But it is a little different setup. Obviously, we're used to seeing you know the four preseason games, and and we'll see how three changes it this year. But you know, my guess is we still don't see a ton of the uh, the first teamers uh, this week. We'll see maybe a little bit more uh than than we did the first week but honestly i'm i'm really interested in what we see in those uh those practices because we will see you know first teamers going at one another on on both sides of the ball uh and uh you know i think especially um of of interest for titans is how do these young corners stack up against mm. some of the best receivers in the league tom brady you know a, a team that that won the super bowl we've got some talent on the uh, at the cornerback position for the Titans, but very young outside of Jack Rabbit Jenkins, very young group of guys. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm I'm really interested to see how they uh, they fare against the, uh, the the cream of the crop. Oh, JG, are you going down to Tampa Bay to watch the practices, the scrimmage? I fear that I am not. So I didn't mean to make it sound like that <laughs> if I, if I was, but uh, so I'll save my money up and uh, see if we can't uh, uh, make another trip here soon. Cool. Well, with John Glennon, Glennon Sports and Broadway Sports. Yeah, JG, we would have sent some sunscreen with you and some prayers because that, that sun's pretty hot down there in Florida, man. Thank you for the time today, bro. Yes. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. No my, problem. My fellow Irishmen club long sleeves out there and hats on and everything oh, else. Is that, yeah, uh, both of us are clear. Yes, John Glennon and me. Uh, when we come back, today is a cut day in the NFL. Maybe the most famous cut that will happen this offseason happened today. We'll tell you. Blaine and Mickey next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's weird that the new schedule of, of cutting guys is, is kind of different than it was. So today, teams have to drop from 90 to 85. They got to do that by 3 o'clock. So hopefully we'll know five guys. fully yeah, which five guys. Or injured reserve. In, and, and I can tell you in just a second, they, they've made moves with three guys. Already? Uh, they have. Uh, then... August 24th by 3 p.m., you got to be down to 80. And then August 31st by 3 p.m. is is just that day where a bunch of dudes get shuffled out. That's, a, that's a, just a right. tough Do day. Do we know the three guys? That means only two more. Yep, they got to make two moves. Uh, let me get this called up here. They have made. Did they do anything with Brady Breeze? I, I don't know the extent of his injury. Going back watching the game, you couldn't see what actually happened to him, but they were. It was, looked like it was lower body, ankle down. Didn't look like it was a knee, but it could have been because you couldn't really tell. But he limped off. I mean, he was getting uh, he limped off with, uh, you know, <laughs> with the trainers. I don't know if he rode a cart to the uh, locker room or not. Cause that's a pretty far walk. They cut Paul Adams. Um, they put Trayvon Coley, who had just oh, man, the fantastic first game. Yeah. He was everywhere. He got hurt on the play. He made the he made the play down the field. On a hustle play. And got hurt. I think it was his it looked like it was his foot, but I could be totally wrong. You know, my, my Dr. Bishop view from the TV is not always on, on point. <laughs> he, um, well, I was going to say, usually you're pretty good at that. Dr. Bishop usually can, I mean, you're, you're not a doctor, but you, you play one on the radio here. Yeah. Now, Kevin Dyson, our pre- and post-game he partner, is he is a doctor. Yeah. Uh, but usually you're pretty good at saying, like, I think here's what that guy did. Then, you know, Adam Schefter or somebody tweet out the next day, here's what he did. Most of the time, Dr. Blaine gets it right. At least I get the right 
area. You're close. <laughs> um, and Tedrick Thompson, who they just signed last week, a safety, a backup safety, they put him on IR. He got hurt in the game, too? Yeah, he got signed on August 12th, so he's yeah, he gone. He got hurt. Yeah, that's, well, so that's three guys, so only two more. So I got to make two moves. And this guy, Paul Adams, uh, Nashville native, he played at CPA, uh, won the Titans Mr. Football Award in 2013. So this was kind of a, like a homecoming for him. Oh, but I didn't know. Yeah, where, where did he play college ball? He played college at Missouri. Oh. He was 38 starts out of 41 games, so a real good player at Missouri. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So you you never know. He spent time on practice squads last year. He actually came out last year and was undrafted. So maybe he's big guys, 6'5", 315, so he's the right size. Maybe he gets another opportunity. You know, his agent will tell him, keep working out and stay by the phone. So uh, maybe he gets another opportunity. But well, he can get cut early now and then be brought back to the practice squad. That's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Even if you got cut on the first cut. Like this now, it's still 16 on the practice squad, 16 players. They haven't said yet. Oh. Lucas, have they, they, I don't think they've clarified that yet. Lucas, quit picking your nose. I know. Yesterday, we were just in here talking to him. It's like, oh, what, what was that, guys? Nah. But I don't I don't think they have said yet, which how they haven't told NFL GMs yet how many people are going to be on their practice squad because you're trying to plan all that stuff. Oh, I think I think it's CC. It is it a done deal? It better, it better be. We need it to be. <laughs> you're asking people to play seventeen games. If it's not they need sixteen people on the practice squad. Just yeah. stop that. Yeah. I mean, let them have six if they got money to pay everybody, they're fine. Their finances aren't going to go sour with six more guys on the practice squad as opposed to ten. Yeah. Yeah, the practice squad, man. Uh, going into training camp, that was actually my goal. Halfway through training camp, about like right now, we're in the going to preseason game two. I said, "Uh oh, I, I got I got a chance to be the backup. Let me seize the moment." And boy, you talking about how your confidence kind of can seize the moment and continue to grow and feel like you belong and that you you are an NFL player. That happened around about this time. Uh, right when we're about to scrimmage, I think we scrimmage either was the Cowboys. Ooh, yeah, the Cowboys or the Chargers, one of the two. We scrimmaged both of them that year. Cowboys was your team, right? Yeah, growing up because yeah. I played Little League for the Cowboys. I know. And then I hated them when I was in Oilers. Well, sure you did. Mm-hmm. And the Titan, I hated them too then. <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. Here's who got cut, uh, Tim Tebow. It didn't last. Oh. One of the first five guys that got cut off the Jaguars. I, I saw people saying they played 16 plays in game number one. And it's funny because he went out there playing in shorts and he looked like Superman. And and then they had him out there trying to play tight end in a game. And there's a handful of videos that exist that people have. <laughs> and and that poor guy was bouncing off people like like a rubber pellet. Just boing. Man, he, he was that bad they cut him immediately. They cut that would have brought him. He was a good distraction where nobody was talking about Trevor Lawrence. Well, and we had Eric Eager on yesterday, and he was like, hey, if nothing else, think about it. All you're talking about is Tim Tebow. You're not even mentioning Trevor Lawrence. He's had it easy. Well, now everybody's going to start looking at Trevor Lawrence game film like you did. We're like, maybe he held the ball a little too long. Yeah, he was. He was holding the ball. Hey, but he's got to be out there. I'm going to tell you one thing. I I know I get nervous. The Jaguars and the Colts didn't look too bad to me. I know I just asked JG about Eason. He went – Here's the mindset of Frank Wright. Here's what the first thing I saw. They threw the ball a lot. Like, you guys are going to be comfortable with this offense. If I got to roll with you in the regular season, I'm going to get y'all comfortable right now. I mean, he was throwing timing throws, woom, woom, and Easton has a big arm. 
and he was getting rid of that ball. I, I was impressed considering, you know, he was, what, a fourth-round pick you know, two years ago. Yep. And Ellinger, and he looked pretty good, too. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was just he need he was holding on to the ball too long. He's gonna get hurt with that offensive line. He better get rid of that thing. But I think that part of happen. You start going watch film, say now I have to anticipate throws and throw them sooner before they on the outbreak, uh, or whatever the timing is. So yeah, I, I was actually felt like uh, I'm looking more at the Colts. I, I love the Jaguar skill positions, even a DB to the receivers, the running. They have some good skill players. Uh, the Colts uh, have some. The Colts look scary to me. Uh-uh, I'm serious now. They 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 didn't have Wentz or Nelson on offense, and the defense didn't play some of their starters. And they looked pretty good. I'm just trying not to think about them. No, uh, they. I'm saying this because everybody just thinks they know the Titans are going to win the AFC South because yeah. Carson Wentz is out and Quentin. No, that's not the case. I think they understand what they have to do to beat the Titans, and the Titans know what they have to do to beat them. They play each other twice a year, every year under Frank Wright and Vrabel. So I think they're going to try to run the football. If not, they're going to do the quick passing game. And some of those guys, once those quarterbacks get some confidence, then I saw the next couple days, Eason has looked even better now because his confidence is growing. My man from Chirp Chirp, Beamer, he was like, yeah, he looks way better now. He says he exudes confidence, which is really interesting because Obviously, they didn't see that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I was, I was. Uh, people can downplay. What I want to. Ellinger. I, I thought both of them looked uh, pretty good. Granted, it wasn't a, a regular season game and all those things, but they looked comfortable. But, <laughs> and if you got a running game in that offensive line, they have in that real good defense. Oh, man, Titans fans are like, don't tell me that, Uncle Blaine. I just want to put on this warm blanket of feeling that they're going to run away with the division this year. It's a warm, soft blanket. They want to keep it on. We better make sure, you know, we get all our top players out there that's uh, injured or not injured. I have no idea. It's a bunch of dudes. Like Julio, Mm -hmm. uh, Reynolds, Archer. I mean, yeah, we got to make sure that these guys are ready to rock and roll. Yep. Uh, We need our best. No doubt. We're going to give you our best in the second hour of the show. We tried it in the first. We'll try it again in the second. Uh, Rick Stroud, longtime Bucks reporter, uh, set to join us in a little over 20 minutes. You will want to stick around for that. Headlines next. By the way, Jeff says on Twitter uh, he saw the Titans are at 84 on their roster. So he updated for us. So apparently they're, they're good to go. They could even add a guy per Jeff on Twitter. Ah, so hope there you Jeff's go. right. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. We'll be right back. 